Hi, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of the NSL's podcast. Hope everyone's well who's listening. Now, I know I build the show as my co-host, John, will be joining me, but an hour before this was recorded, he decided to text in saying he was hungover. But we'll let him off. I mean, we've all hit the drink this weekend after the news was seen from Celtic Park, so, I mean, I can't really blame him. But I am delighted to be joined by a show regular, Ross. How are you, Ross? I'm good, mate. Yourself? I'm fine, buddy. We're going to get stuck into some topics, and well, including this Postacoglu guy that... No one seems to know much about, but we'll get into that later in the show. And also a special guest from the Celtic, the Thunder. I hope we're getting that right, but how are you, Ryan? Right. Yeah, that's the right name. I'm doing well, mate. How are you? I'm glad to be on. I, we're glad to have you on. We appreciate you coming on, buddy. And as I said, we have a lot to talk about. We've seen the fallout over the weekend. We did our reaction video. and have to give a shout out to the people who shoot it. It's so far our highest ever few podcast and hitting over 5,000 views for us. That's big for the Celtic, the Thunder guys. That's small, but... We'll celebrate anything, <laughs> celebrate any victory coming from you on our front. And we do appreciate it from everyone who listened to that show. But <clears throat> what we've seen over the weekend was different snippets coming out of why this deal might have fell through from the likes of his backroom team to, to his transfer targets, to his budget. I'm leaning towards that side of things because I don't believe, I'll come to yourself, Ryan, I don't believe for a minute that his backroom team would have been signed out literally the week he was contacted by Celtic to see if they're interested in coming up. What's your opinion as you have just had a few days to this? And I know you guys did a, a reaction to it. You just did two lives mm-hmm. on the Friday, I believe. Mm-hmm. I watched them both. They were, they were a good watch. But as as the days have went on, have you kind of mellowed a bit? I'm I'm 50-50 towards the whole thing, to be perfectly honest with you, because um on Friday, Friday afternoon, I was laughing when the Stephen McGowan <laughs> tweet came <laughs> out because if you don't laugh, you'll cry. Um, and I felt like crying as soon as that came out. So I was like, I wasn't even surprised that it fell through the amount of time that it was taken for it to actually get over the line. Um, over the past couple of days, I think it has mellowed a wee bit. It comes and goes. I, I find myself every couple of hours going like, oh, I wish we could have got Eddie Howe in the door. Like he would have had all his transfer targets ready and raring to go. But um, no, I've, I've, I've mellowed a wee bit now. I think today's the first day that I've not really thought about it as much and I've been more on the Postacoglu sort of side. Um, <laughs> if, if there is a side to be on, it's very it's very 50-50, I would say, especially in social media. Just now, um, a lot of people want to give him a chance and the same amount of people just want to slag him off for everything um, when he really isn't there to defend himself yet. I think he should be given a, a proper crack at the whip, to be perfectly honest with you. I think uh, as well, Ren... Your man Postacog dude came from left field. He was just kind of thrusted in the, the, the bookies list as favourite mm-hmm. and it's kind of stuck from uh, the late Friday afternoon that was broke to hit Celtic Miller fans' talks. But before I go to you, Ross, what what say do you actually lie on, Ryan, in terms of why this might have broke down? Um, in terms of this breaking down, I think I think there's a couple of reasons. Um, I think it's to do with Richard Chews, if I'm being perfectly honest, because I heard a couple of days ago that there was news that he wasn't going to make his way up to Celtic and I think that was a big part of the reason why Eddie Howe wanted to come. He wants to surround himself with the p- people that he knows best, whether that's a good thing or not for both us and Eddie Howe himself. I'm not too sure, but um, you would you would have thought he would have had some word with his backroom staff, the ones that would be able to come up with him. Um, I, I don't imagine that he would have asked um, in the last couple of weeks of May. Surely he would have sounded them out a couple of weeks ago or even a couple of months ago because that's how long this has been going on for. It's... Um, uh, it's a it's a bit of a, a messy one. I don't know if the whole Peter Lawwell 
situation had an effect on the coaches not coming up as well. I, I saw the Telegraph reporting on that. I'm not too sure. But, um, no, there, there just seems to be a lot of a lot of um, reasons why they didn't come. And I just wish this was ironed out sooner because we're, we're coming up in June. I mean, it's not really good enough, is it, when we're, when we're back in about 20 days? Yeah, I, I think by the way you're speaking there, like it's it's a lot of unknowns, isn't it? Really, because mm-hmm. you don't know. Because Celtic come out with that statement, Ross saying it's out with both their control, but again, that's trying to take blame away from both parties. But there's blame somewhere. And I listened to a certain guy on Talk Sport today, and people don't like him. I mentioned it before on mm-hmm. Twitter and stuff, and got loads of flack. But Simon Jordan said something I found interesting. He said it's laughable that Eddie Howe wanted to bring in his own director of football, and he can kind of see. Like maybe Celtic reneged on that, and he said there has to be blame on Eddie Howe as well. Yes, the board, like we've, we've heard our opinions continuously, Ross, on this Celtic board. But do you think there's an element of blame to Eddie Howe at all in this scenario? Um, I think there definitely is. Uh, definitely, both parties are in some way to blame. Um, what that is at the moment is, as you have said, it's purely guesswork. Um, but for me, <clears throat> I feel like how has strung us along a bit. Um, he has to have, like he's have touched on there, he has to have said to these guys for Bournemouth months ago, I mean, after Celtic contacted him, he has to have known what what he and they were planning to do before now. Um, but then, I mean, on the other hand, you look at, at Celtic, they look to have put all their eggs in the how basket, which which I mean is fair enough if there was a verbal agreement in place. Uh, but if if Celtic have reneged on any part of the agreed in principle deal, if you like, which I mean by the way, it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest with this board. Um, we'll probably never know. I mean, Celtic, if they if they have reneged on that, they've only got themselves to blame, but we'll probably never know the full ins and outs. But what we do know for sure is that this whole fiasco has been one shit show from start to finish and has brought absolute embarrassment and shame on the club and us as fans, especially ones like, like myself who were convinced he was coming. Um, it's, it's just really no good. Um, but I mean... There's nothing else you can really do now, bar like move on. Uh, I realise the next move in Postecoglou, uh, if I'm saying that right, it, it doesn't fill most days with confidence. But how how now for me is yesterday's news? I, I've had the weekend to sit in it. It's yesterday's news, and uh, basically we just wait and see what's in store next in this current soap opera that we're going through. But. I understand what you're saying, Ross, in terms of saying how we'll have to move on from him. And I don't want to be spending, obviously, all the podcasts talking about a certain individual anyhow. We all know what happened. But I I can't accept that the board are thinking, they came up with the season ticket renewals, ran two days before this was announced. And I'm convinced that they knew this broke down weeks ago. And they've tried to piggyback a few days' sales, hoping fans would come in their thousands, under the belief, because there was no clarification, that Eddie Howe would be the new manager. And I think it's disgusting, and as Ross rightly said, it's shameful the way the board have acted during this whole scenario from when Lenny left right up to now. We're still no further forward. And it, it really annoys me that 
people kind of forget too easy and move on with the norms. And and Eddie Howe yesterday, news, fair enough, that's correct. And Postacoglu is meant to be the new favourite, Ram. But you cannot forget the way the board have treated the Celtic fans, surely? No, this, this whole season, I think the board have treated the, the Celtic fans with utter contempt, if I'm being perfectly honest. I think last Wednesday was one of the worst examples of it. They put out a statement basically saying, we need your money, please come and get your season tickets. The manager will be announced soon. People thought the manager meant a manager that everyone else was talking about in Eddie Howe. So they allowed thousands of people to renew because that's what they said. They said thousands of people have renewed. I don't know the exact number. Hopefully it's hopefully it's not that high because loads of people have been duped in that case. They kind of just allowed the, the story to grow arms and legs with Eddie Howe without giving us any clarification on if Eddie Howe was actually coming through the door or not. The only time we've actually heard Celtic out of the name Eddie Howe, apart from what I would call a misstep on Celtic TV talking about the man. Now, looking back on that, that is quite embarrassing. But the only time they've talked about him since then is that statement saying that Eddie Howe was a great candidate. They, they painted him as like a the top candidate, an excellent candidate for the job. Second paragraph, we're not getting him. How bad does that look? It looks absolutely awful from a PR perspective. Um, we are an utter embarrassment, I think, just now. This weekend, I've been hitting a red neck every minute because I'm thinking about how bad Celtic have been in a PR sense the past year. I'm just utterly embarrassed with the way this board is treating the fans at the moment. And to be fair, it's been like that for a couple of years. But I think the results have kind of masked that. And now that the results have been bad, people are looking closer and they're seeing how badly the board are treating the fans. Yeah, there is a lot of ill will. I mean... We did see that obviously the unfortunate attack on Lawless House and stuff, and we totally condemn that and stuff. But and sometimes it feels bad to criticize the board after them events. But you you cannot forget Ross, as as Ran rightly said that this board from start to finish during this whole what was meant to be the ten ten row season have just failed for to communicate. The Celtic fans weren't in the stadium. Celtic fans paid full price for season ticket money as they're being asked to do again this season. By the way, and it's it's a disgrace. And what's your feelings? over the last couple of days towards the board, especially now. They're st- they haven't even come out of the game with a follow-up saying what's the next process going to be. I know they said in the statement they're going to try and get a, a candidate in with the quality and the drive to, to provide further success at Celtic, but it's an all load of shite really, isn't it, Ross? Aye, I mean, I, I, I firmly agree with uh, what's just been said there. I mean, um, that the thing with the season tickets, I mean, they must think that us as supporters zip up the back. They they they've known that that how deal was off before the season ticket ticket renewals went out, uh, and they've basically uh, used used it to entice the support, supporters, thinking we were going to have how to entice them into renewing. Uh, the the absolutely no shame in the treat. The Celtic fans with absolute contempt at every turn, and they have done uh, for a couple of years. Uh, again, lights been touched upon there. Uh, they've done it for a couple of years, and it's highlighted more now because the results are so poor. Um, I mean, they know they know that if they appoint this uh, Postecoglou, uh, the the season tickets will inevitably uh, will affect them, the sales. Um, but uh, the fan, uh, fans will still buy, but it will only be in the same numbers if it was like how at the at the helm, if you like. 
Um, but aye, the the board have been appalling. Uh, and if this appointment goes through, uh, and then goes south pretty quickly, I just dread to think of the backlash. It will be apocalyptic. Uh, so we've just got to pray it works out. And I mean, if if Postecoglou comes in and Kennedy and Strachan remain in place, uh, then I mean. The, the guy, he'd be as well having an emergency bag packed and false documents to get out of the country quickly because I'd bet my house he's going to need them. Yeah, no, you're 100% right. But what we'll do for now, we'll park the Eddie Howe stuff. As you said, we'll leave that in yesterday's news, Ross. And we'll move on to <laughs> we'll move on to this, the thing we've seen on Friday when it was announced that Eddie Howe did collapse. This guy, Anzi Postacoglu, I, I just nearly forgot it again. It comes and goes. but. Um, he, he's been installed as a bookie's favourite. There's been other people saying that the deal's basically done. It's just uh, compensation to be agreed with Yokohama Minaros. And Ryan, before I obviously move on to what, we've, what we know about him, what we've learned about him, and that's not mm-hmm. much, obviously, because it's hard to find, but when you've seen that name being linked, now, people bring it back to, to Ronnie Delia, the way, the way he came in and stuff, but Ronnie Delia was in the Norwegian League. He won the league with Strom Godset, and he, when he came in, he, he was a risky. He was second choice. He was a risky appointment, but ultimately led us to the two league titles. But back then, that was a different animal. This is like this season could get into the Champions League next season. Could get you an automatic windfall of forty million pounds. And it seems like the Celtic board are just. It is a panic move. I don't believe this whole advanced talk crap because the links with the City Group of Harkin coming in and Peter All's son working at Manchester City. It does smacks of that, doesn't it? Yeah, you might as well just call us Celtic City from now on because we are yeah. basically a City Group team. If you look at all the success, well, most of the successful signings that have came over the past 10 years have had some link to Manchester City, whether that be loan deals or permanent deals such as like Boyata and that. Um, so, yes, yeah, it's, it stinks of the City Group, to be perfectly honest with you. And I know Man City are a great team, but I don't know if a team like Celtic want to be a feeder club to some team bigger. I mean, Man City aren't a bigger team than Celtic. That's in terms of history and that. Maybe they are in terms of a global standpoint just now, but Celtic are a bigger team than Manchester City. Um, it stinks of Desmond getting his grubby fingers on this again and Peter Lawwell as well. They've got always got to have somebody that's connected to them. I feel like um, Brendan Rodgers was the, was the exception and you saw how well Brendan Rodgers did do up to a point. And then Peter Lawwell got his hands dirty in that as well. He got too invested and that all went pear-shaped. Um, it is a risk, especially in a season that we're going for an automatic Champions League spot. Um, I mean, any manager would have been a risk. Even Eddie Howe, to an extent, would have been a risk. But this <coughs> is even a, an even bigger risk. The only experience uh, Postacoglu has had, is, in Europe anyway, is the third division of Greek football. I mean... It doesn't. It doesn't exactly. Um, it doesn't exactly entice you for the new season. I know it's terrible to think that. But it doesn't really excite you as much as maybe Eddie Howe would have done. It's a sort of young coach coming in that had his own fresh ideas, and he was given his own blank canvas to sort of do his own thing. I don't. I don't think Postecoglou have anything near that, and I think he just gives me this vibe as if he'll be happy to be the second choice because he wouldn't get that sort of opportunity anywhere else. Yeah, it's like he's almost. He would never reject an opportunity to come to Celtic. He's he's like a Celtic's a coup for him, not not the other way around. That's what I'm trying to say. But when you look at it 
Ross as well. And you made a great point there, Ren, in terms of the City Group connections. It really concerns me how aligned we're becoming with the Manchester City Group. I, I dread to think in a couple of years' time, if, now this is all ifs and buts, Ross, if Desmond decides to, to sell up and sell his shares to the Man City Group, that would be disastrous in my point of view. And Harkin coming in, I've seen a, an outlet today reporting that the, the, the choice for Pasta Cloggy was made outside the boardroom. I, I don't know how much to read into that, but I'm guessing that would be Harkin, the Harkin influence, if he was actually nailed on to come into the director of football role. But does it concern you at all with the links to the Manchester City Group and if we're going down that road? Um, I, I mean, we're becoming sort of like a, a, a feeder club to an extent. Um, as in, we're getting like all the, the players that Man City are not really wanting or whatever. But uh, I, I don't know too much about the City group, to be honest with you. Um, but I, I don't think it would be good for Celtic. I mean, we're a big enough entity alone. Uh, we shouldn't need to take off a, that sort of thing. But, I mean, as regards Harkin, um, I don't know a lot about him. Uh, it could be a good appointment, um, but aye, I, I'm, no, I'm not too clued up on that, to be perfectly honest with you. No, I don't think we really, really all are, but the City Group does buy clubs left, right and centre and use them as training uh, grounds. Players that don't need or don't want and punt their staff aye. over to as well. But, Another thing as well, what we're saying, Ross, they said they're in advanced talks with this guy and it's been happening. Well, actually, they put out, a, I don't know if they're feeding stories to the day record, but they put out saying that they've been tracking this guy for months. This is the board again, in my point of view, Ross, just trying to fool the Celtic support, isn't it? Aye, aye. It's, it, they've not been tracking him for months. It's Everything's fell through with Eddie Howe and it's, it, looks, it looks pretty desperate. Uh, to me, for the outside looking in, anyway, uh, and it's it, it's very underwhelming. Uh, if he is the guy that they're going for, um, as he, he isn't, he, let's say, isn't he the household name that we're all craving. Uh, but we know nothing about him. So if he is, if he's given the job, then. I suppose everybody deserves a chance to sort of prove themselves uh, and display what display what he can do. Um, but not knowing him, doesn't doesn't fill me with as much as much confidence as what I was feeling for next season. Uh, if it was going to be under how keep mentioning him, I said I want to move on, but <laughs> it's difficult to. <laughs> uh, but I mean. Brendan Rodgers has come. He's been quoted as saying uh, that he thinks he's an outstanding coach, and he, he's had chats and he's he's seen his teams play. Uh, he, he feels he, he plays a sort of similar style to himself. Uh, so I mean, he's not a bad guy to have in your corner, I suppose. But that's just one man's opinion. Um, I don't know. Uh, if he comes in, you've got to give the guy time to try and prove himself. But yeah. it's it's no. I'm not going to be like traveling through to the stadium for the unveiling and totally excited. <laughs> it's it's very underwhelming. But we'll just just need to see what the future brings. I think it was Damien Duff that said John Kennedy was one of the best coaches he ever worked with, or in the world, it was one of them anyway. But Jesus. 
Christ, if, that, if that's the standard of coaching, he thinks world class. Uh, I'm lost for words, but I think you make I think, I think you make a great point in terms of what you're saying that he's the unknown guy. He's not the household name. He's it's just underwhelming. It's like when you go to make your dinner and it comes out burnt, it just fills you with dread to eat it, doesn't it? No, I mean, you don't want to waste food and all that. But I come coming to yourself, Ran. We did touch upon it at the start. There, Ross said about season tickets. Does for me this. This brings on back to Ronnie Daly again when the, the top tiers were closed and it was covered in posters of in a club like no other and the sponsorships, the locos and all filling out the seats. Do you think that's going to be as big an impact as it was then or bigger? I was going to say the two guaranteed season tickets will be those two big posters up in the top tier and I'm just certain they're going to be there next season. I mean, I think they are risking it with the whole... Um, oh, the fans haven't been here in over a year, you'll be desperate to get back, so we're just going to put whatever manager fits our, um, fits our needs and our um, way of thinking, and you'll be back in the stadium regardless. Um, I think the season tickets will have, they will decrease purely because of the financial situation that some people find themselves in after a pandemic that's been going on for over a year and it's still ongoing, like it's not gone away or anything. Um, so... I mean, they talk about this waiting list being 15,000. I don't think there's a waiting list of 15,000 anymore. Um, I've, I was speaking to somebody and they said they were in the the early hundreds before they got their season ticket. So that idea of a waiting list is gone, basically. Um, so I think there will be a decrease. And that's quite worrying for the higher up uppers of the club. But it's what happens when you take risks, especially in a 10 in a row season. You take risks and they don't pay off and they'll see the consequences of that, unfortunately. But see, one of the most baffling things for me, it's like if you make that appointment, like a like a how, if that doesn't come, like a Favre or like uh, this is out of the imagination, but like Nuno Gomez, whatever his name is from Wolves, and you would recoup that money back in season ticket sales, season ticket sales in terms of covering their wages and the transfer budget being increased, Ross, and this is going to have a bigger impact in regards to the whole club because we look forward to next season. And I said to you last night in, in the topics, what implications do you think this was have for the rebuilding? For me, it's going to be huge. Like this guy coming in, Postacoglu. We don't know if he he knows the European game. I mean, if rumours led to believe he doesn't have the guarantee that the right coaching badges, but I know there's ways around that. And it's like we're bringing this on no quantity. Is he going to sign Australian players, Japanese players? What? You just no idea, Ross. I know that. This is this is the question. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, without doubt, it's going to have huge implications on the rebuild. I mean. Any notion that any notion that you you might change maybe some of the want aways minds uh, with an immediate sit down, uh, like like for example, an ayer, I think a how could have sat down with him and dangled the carrot, uh, the captaincy, and possibly moving them into the middle middle of the park in the brown roll. Uh, I think uh, that with the greatest respect to Postacoglu becomes far less appealing now to like guys like like Ayer. Um it could like you've touched on there, it, it could it could affect the calibre of player that we're able to attract because he's no as well known a manager. Um I it's it's a real, real worrying it's real, real worrying times on the face of it. Uh, you, you you try so hard to be positive, but I don't know. I've followed Celtic for long enough to see that at this point, 
everything's not going to be plan and the end game doesn't look too positive. Uh, but right now, we can only hope, and it is hope now, that basically, to quote Jerry Cinnamon, that in Postacoglu, if he is appointed, we've found a diamond in the mud. Failing that, brace yourselves. Or he's a builder. I don't know. No, I don't. No, but like <laughs> you, you can, you can hear it in your in your voice, Ross. And say to be fair to yourself, like you're usually the one in the group who's optimistic, can see things out of nothing, and you can hear how down you are in your voice. It feels like uh, you're, you're you're talking with your head in your hands the whole time. But that that's the way. Pretty much, it, eh? <laughs> yeah, that, that's the way it is to the whole fan base at the minute. And I think what the Celtic board need to look at as well: the massive divide. That, that has been caused throughout the whole of Celtic fan base as well as the older generation, younger generations, or the, or the people in the middle. And that was that, that's been evident over the weekend. I've seen numerous arguments about what way Celtic should be going, who does it should be appointing, and it's like, oh, this is all caused by the Celtic board, and you just want to wake them up and be like, look what you're doing. But I don't know. But coming to yourself, Aran, do you think this that this will have major implications on the rebuild? I think it does. Um, I think maybe. <sighs> If we if we'd have got I don't I don't want to mention him again. I know that that guy that comes from Bournemouth that we were also interested in a couple of weeks ago. Um, if he was to have brought in Richard Hughes, he would have had different targets than the targets Fergal Harkin would have had. Um, I think it will work probably better with the whole director of football head coach because Fergal Harkin is obviously a fan of Postecoglou. Obviously, both being in the same city group. Um, so I think he'll be signing the players that are needed for the rebuild and um, Postacoglu will be there to sort of coach the players that are handed to him. I think that's the sort of role he'll have. He'll just purely be the coach of the players, but Fergal Harkin will decide on what players are getting signed and then Postacoglu will work with the said with the signed players. Um, at the same time, Fergal Harkin hasn't even, hasn't even been appointed yet. I mean... There's talk that maybe tomorrow might be the day that he's officially announced as the director of football. But I mean, we talk about Asfergo Harkin and all these things that he's going to do. He's not even in the door yet. Like we've got Champions League qualifiers in a little over than a month. We need to be signing players basically two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and we've not done anything. All we've got is Liam Shaw, who's went from one disaster at Sheffield Wednesday and another disaster at Celtic. So I feel kind of bad for him getting thrust into this. He'll, he'll be like, is there any good stories in football? Um, I mean, that that's, that's just how bad it is. I mean, we are in a complete disaster at the moment and the fans are there to take the brunt of it because at the moment, Rangers fans and every other club are just laughing at us because of how much of a, a shit show we are, to put it nicely. No, it's it's right. I mean, it's it, this is our banter year, isn't it? This is what it is, really. It's for people to laugh right. at us. We're meant to be the biggest club in Scotland. We're getting on like the the smallest club in Scotland. So, I mean, we're a big club with with basically amateur people at the helm, and it's madness that I don't know. It's it's madness for me anyway. That Celtic, I know we said it, but Celtic can't attract the likes of Eddie Howe to get into the building. It's not as if he came from like a Liverpool or Manchester City, and he's like, man, maybe that level's too too small, but. He, He's been unemployed for a year, and I mean, I say, what, what the hell's going on? And before I move on, I'm going to, I'm going to come to you each individually. I'll come to yourself, Ross, first. Now, what could be an, a, a manager candidate apart from Pasta Coglu that would maybe appease yourself? That's something you could get behind and see the optimism from. Have you got anyone in mind? Um, 
probably like for the the sort of the list, the bookies list, if you like, um, you'd be looking at uh, is it is it Fav Favre or Farva Farve, um, possibly. Um, is is he actually realistic though? Um, what I don't, why can't we just test the water with Benitez? I don't even think he's, I don't think he's working now, is he? Uh, no. Maybe, maybe <coughs> already have, and he said no. Who knows? Um, I mean, off the sort of bookies list, I would probably say if if there was no stumbling blocks, I'd be leaning towards like obviously Benitez or uh, Favre or even Frank Lampard. But I mean, we've waited that long, like, and these sort of guys are no going to come in happily as a setting choice. So. I mean, that's probably out of the list. My one, two, and three Benitez, Favre, Lampard. Uh, but yeah. whether they're realistic, whether they'll come, I don't know. Uh, it's mad. It's, it's still mad that we'll have to go off a bookies list. But my choices would be John Kenley, Derek McInnes, Jack Ross. See I'm off. <laughs> <laughs> Me personally, I would lean towards the likes of Farve, and I know people would say maybe it's because he has he's been in the German league, but he's proven he's done it in the the Swiss league. He was he was good with Dortmund. I think he led them like a, the record wins in a row or something. It was like something like fifteen. So he's got pedigree in Europe. I'm sure he wouldn't be asking for a massive salary that Sally couldn't afford. Benitez again, it's it's a guy that you can approach, you can talk to. Um, what's the other guy? R- Ralph Ragnick. I, I don't know if he he's in it. I besides not in it, but he was touted at the start maybe to come in and even as the director of football role but these guys ran seem to be people that sell the I don't know what it is with them but they never approach these guys I don't think the likes of Benitez or Farve would rip your head off for picking up the phone No I know I think the only problem is now that if, if we were to go out out of our way to contact these guys they automatically know that they'll be at least third fourth choice so yeah, why would they true. come into a team? Why would they come into a team that's actively quoted other managers and fell flat on their ass? And now we're just asking everybody if they want the job. It's almost as if we're trying to punish these guys. Do you want this job? Do you want this job? Like, it should, at the end of the day, Celtic are, or they should be an elite club. They should be a team that people strive to to go to in their managerial career. Like, it should be an honour to. To manage yes. Celtic, and, and I know that sounds biased, but it is true. We have one of the biggest in- institutions in world football. Like we, we need to start acting like it. I mean, I did think I thought that Plan B, if the Eddie Howe, I've said his name again. I, I need to take a shot every time I say Eddie Howe. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I thought Plan B was going to be Enzo Maresca, and the fact that Eddie Howe is taking us down the garden path for so long, over a couple of months, I think we've missed out on someone that could potentially be a very special manager in the next three or four years. And I think the Fergal Harkin Enzo Maresca um, partnership could have worked really well because he obviously has links with the Man City under 23s. Um, so I feel like we've missed out on that. If you look at the the last of Bookie's favourites, I would definitely look at Lucien Favre. Um, he done a great job with Borussia Dortmund. It's difficult to be... <laughs> to basically play for second place when it's so obvious that Bayern Munich are going to win the league every season. Um, so I think he was a victim of his own success. Apart from him, um, Rafa Benitez, I mean, you've got to ask the question in order to get an answer. I don't think we ask the question enough with these sort of guys. 
Um, try to think who else there is on the list. See, that's the thing. It's got so desperate that you'd actually take people such as Steve Clark and Frank Lampard now because of the situation that we're in. I think the board are trying to use this in order for us to get Roy Keane because they're like, oh, look at the look at the quality of managers we're talking to here. We'll, we'll save it by getting Roy Keane. Like, I don't think anyone wants that, but it's something that I can see yeah. the Celtic board do quite easily. I have to admit, the, the Ramsey before Rodgers come in, I would have took Steve Clark in a heartbeat. I follow I follow Steve Clark since he was manager of West Brom. I thought he was an excellent manager, and he, he proved that at Camarillo as well. But I'm with you in this. I think it's passed for him. I think he's he's doing a good job at Scotland. And that's where he's to stay, taking him in the Euros and stuff. But if we look past that, what what we could what we think would be good alternatives to the managerial position, I gave us a task to do a bit of fact finding on that. Oh my God, Pasta Cogley. I have to look every time <laughs> I see him, make sure I'm saying that right. Right, Pasta Cogley. I'll give you what I have so far, just obviously a brief overview. We all know he, he's managed the Australian national team. He's managed in the J-League with Yokohomo Minaros. He's managed like a Brisbane Roar, and apparently they were called Brisalona or something because of the way the way they played. Or Ro- the way had play. Roar-salona. Aye, whatever it is, Ross, there you go. You've done your research, right? <laughs> so we'll look, we'll look at it. He's managed the under-17s Australia, under-20s, that Greek team, Pat, Panatikala, whatever he's called, whatever it's called, and then Brisbane Roar, Melbourne Victory, Australia, and then in Japan in the J League. His honours as a manager, very there. Brisbane Roar, twice A League champions. Australia under 17s, he won a few honours with them, same in the under 20s. You can get, you guys can guess. I'm on Wikipedia right now, but give me a break, right? <laughs> he's, 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 won the Asian, he's won the Asian Cup 2015 with Australia, which is apparently a big deal. I don't know much about it, I'm not going to pretend to. Yokohama, he's won, he's won the J League uh, 2019. As in individuals, a manager, he's been the PFA Manager of the Year, A League Coach of the Year, PFA Manager of the Decade. Funny enough, uh, Eddie Howe was a, a manager of a decade in the lower leagues of England as well. So <laughs> maybe a bit of similarity there. And the AFC Coach of the Year 2015. And with Brisbane Moore, longest on the undefeated streak, 36 games. Now, I'll come to yourself, Ross, first. Have you managed to find out anything about him, his style of play? What he likes to do with the ball, where he likes to counter attack and hang like that at all? Um, just really that it's it's like a fast paced, uh, possession based game. Um, I mean the nickname Rosalona, uh, sort of alludes to that. Um, I mean the thirty six game unbeaten run and stuff that that sort of ties in with what Rogers was quoted saying about him. Uh, I mean. A lot of that, what you've touched on there, it, it sort of makes for good reading um, and makes you slightly more positive that they thought of him coming in. However, I mean, I'm I'm fully aware that all of these achievements are slightly diluted given that it was done in Australia. Uh, and the question, again, still remains, if you could do it at a huge club like Celtic with the pressures that, that comes with. Uh, but it's the old saying, you can only beat who's in front of you. And he has for the most part. And for that, he can only be commended, I suppose. Well, I, I get your point on that. I mean, one thing that concerns me is obviously the standard of league. I, I know we can't be picky. People criticise our league all the time, but that happens. We're used to that, especially from our neighbours down south. But the the, the A-League, the likes of Mark, not Mark Fiduga, like Robbie Fowler when he was in his late 30s was still starring in the A-League. Scott McDonald. At the AGS Nag, no disrespect to him, but he's still putting away goals in the A League. 
And it's almost like, Ryan, as Ross said, these achievements look well on paper, but when you deep dive into them and what leagues and stuff, what standard, you just don't quite know if it matches up with, with what, what he could achieve at Celtic or if it could at all. Yeah, I know. It's it's a bit weird because you, you look at it and you're like, can he replicate that in a Scottish game? Um, I mean, some of, the, some of the teams play some good football over in Australia, it's got to be said. Um, yeah, I know, I know the standard. The standard isn't that great, but um, I think it. I think it says a lot that he's won competitions everywhere he's been in his management career. Whether it be for the Australian national team, he won the Asia Cup. I know the the opposition isn't great, but you've got to be in it to win it, I guess. And then he's went to Japan and he won the the league in his second season. So I mean, having that sort of winning mentality is really good. I've watched a couple of the clips <laughs> that he's playing. It really is fast paced, fast paced football. Um, it was talked about. He, he talked about saying. He doesn't really have a plan B. He's got a plan A and plan A will work. <laughs> um, that's that's yeah. a concern. That is a that, concern. That, that, yeah. That'll fit with Celtic if he's only got a plan A because that's all they've had for about three years. I don't even think we've had a plan. Never mind a plan, plan A. <laughs> I, think, I think we've just been Edward well, go I mean, out there and score a goal. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I mean, I he's, think well. he's, he's football. Sorry, Stephen. He's football uh, when he was at... Uh, what do you call them, Brisbane Roar, uh, that had been described as the best that that the A-League had ever seen. I don't know, again, it's hard to draw comparisons as I've never seen it, but again, it's, he's the best in, in that sort of area of the football, if you like, so oh, I don't know. <laughs> one, one thing I find interesting, I, I, I oh, in the J-League, he's third with four games in hand, 34 points with the, the Oklahoma Minerals. And <clears throat> I said this to you guys, but there's people in that league that are playing at 53 years old, 46 years old. And no disrespect to the Japanese league. None of us are experts on it. And if anyone wants to come back at me, that's fair enough. I'll take it and we'll talk about it. But that doesn't look good reading to me. It looks like a, a league that, I mean... It's a bit the high I described it in the group chat. Remember when the Chinese league first came into play, and it was like they didn't know what a football was. That's not being disrespectful, but the standard was <laughs> was quite was quite low. Obviously, now there's loads of money into it, and maybe a Japanese league will follow. But that's my in my opinion, the Japanese leagues there or thereabouts are still trying to get up. I know they've got NES and stuff playing in that league with Fasal Kobe and stuff. But again, that's another player in his late thirties, and no doubt he still has talent. But coming to yourself, Ryan. Like his honours list is is good, right? And individual honours, he's won he's won quite a few. And in the Celtic team at the minute with the current squad, like the likes of Ayer, Christie, and things like that, do you think they'd be suited? Now suited the plan has stayed, but the counter at we're seeing Jackson Irvine on open goal. He described it as chaos, but obviously in a good way. The way his team plays, it's, I think it was something. What was the the line used? Um, press and su- surpress. So win the ball high and counter-attack them in their side of the field. That's the way he likes to play by all accounts. Do you think that would suit the players in Celtic's current team? I think, yeah, there's a couple of players over the past couple of years, maybe under Lennon, they haven't been sort of tested in terms of like from the coach, the coach improving on their game. I feel like a lot of Lennon's tenure was basically trying to do what Rodgers was doing, but obviously he can't really do that because he's a bit of a lesser manager, if I'm being perfectly honest. You can't really compare the two. Um, Players like Callum McGregor coming out after interviews and say, coming out during the, the post-match interviews and saying, I didn't know what we were doing here. We need someone 
that can give these players a concrete plan into what we're doing in each individual game. And he does sound quite meticulous with the way he talks about the game. He's obviously very obsessed with the way the game goes. Um, and I mean, he's been a coach since 1996. I was born in 1997. That's a hell of a long time. Um, so he's definitely experienced. I know you can't really, he again, you can't really compare the leagues. But I mean, the only criticism I've got is that he's fifty-five years old, right? But he's never had that sort of opportunity to go to Europe. Like, why is no other team taking a punt on him yeah. apart from us? Think, That's what worries me. Mm-hmm. That, that's a valid question. I think I've seen something. Now I can't remember who said it, but someone said that they were approached by Martin Bain. From Sunderland, remember when that documentary was kicking about? <laughs> and do you remember that documentary when Ian McGinney went mad at people throwing snowballs? That was quite funny. But he he, he was approached for like a reference for him, and then he, he said something that, along the lines of, we can't ha- have him, we need a big name for the fans, which is obviously not the way Celtic are thinking, but I, I don't know. And they went, they went and got Chris Coleman, and he got <laughs> relegated to League One. <laughs> so, I, I do get the fact that sometimes an unknown prospect can be wow, and he can come in and do wonders. And I've heard people say, obviously, he's 55 years old, but I want to be careful of that because sometimes we're seeing players who develop late and get their moves late in their career. I mean, Jimmy Farty is a prime example. He came into the professional leagues when he was 24, 25, and look at him now. But again, we don't know about Postacoglu, Ross. And I said to you guys, could he potentially do something with the squad, with his style of play, that high intensity? But the concern, as Ram rightly pointed out, why has no other European club took the punt on him? Aye, I mean, that's a question I can't really answer. Um, but, I mean, you said he's 55. I think that's quite a good age for a manager. Um, he's been around the game as as in terms of a coach and a manager for a lot longer than Eddie Howe. Um, I've just said his name again. <laughs> uh, Take a shot, but, everybody. <laughs> I'm drunk already, don't worry. <laughs> I, I, I mean, you seem certainly uh, in in the UK in recent times, a lot of managers have been getting their their shot, if you like, uh, off the back of their name as a player, um, and it doesn't always work. So, I mean, the guy has sort of worked his time, if you like. So maybe maybe this is his Everybody deserves a first opportunity. If this is his first opportunity, maybe he deserves it. I don't know enough about him. Um, maybe he will come in and be, and do wonders. Then again, maybe he won't. It's, this is the quandary, and this is the chance that you take. Most managerial appointments, you take a chance. But You do, you do, yeah. You do. T- t- there's, there's an element of chance in most of them, but, I mean, he's, he's untried and untested, and these shores and in Europe, eh, part of it, as you said, in Greece. But I, I'm reluctant to just like shut him down completely because I don't know enough about the guy and I feel like everybody deserves a chance. No, I, I get what you're saying, but it's it's me. My point of view is we're left with potentially this guy coming in. We know nothing about him as Celtic fans. The Celtic board haven't exactly helped in this situation. And if rumours are led to believe as well, that one of the reasons why the talks broke down with the aforementioned Eddie Howe was the transfer was they were wanting to give him a list of transfer targets, a tight budget, and he didn't quite like that, Ran. And to be fair, I've seen a lot of Australian bloggers and 
not podcasters, but people who are tweeting, I guess retweeting, you can read it and stuff. It's it's there to read. And they say this guy, Postoglu, Posta, what is it again? Posta, 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 Oh, but yeah, yeah, like Posta, Coglu, right? And they say he's not a yes. They say he's not a yes man, right? But if it's led to believe that Celtic have the, the transfer targets already drawn up for next season, what's he going to walk into? And if he doesn't agree with it, does that not point to again to the Celtic board doing the underhand tactics and bringing players in without their manager say so? Yeah, that definitely worries me. The fact that they've got a list of transfer targets potentially already there when we don't even have a director of football who's supposed to be the one that, that draws up those short lists of transfer targets. Um, I know... Nicky Hammond, that was his job as well for recruitment. We've got nobody in that role. So the question is, who is doing that work? Um, I mean, it's, I, I don't, you don't want to blame the one person, but it seems that Peter Laurel can't get his, his fingers off these transfer dealings. He seems to get a high off of this, this sort yeah. of de facto director of football. Mm-hmm. Maybe he should just be the director of football. He's been more qualified than anyone else over the past 10 years because he's signed everybody anyway, regardless of who the manager is. Um, like your Malumbu's and that. I was I was looking last week. I mean, I can't believe we signed players like Yusuf Malumbu. And I, I mean, I know I know he's a Rangers player, but Glenn Kamara was was there for fifty Ran, grand. We could have signed him. Ran, correct me if I'm wrong. Was that the season we missed out again? It was. It was the same season, yeah. Because we we haggled. Was what was it? Five hundred thousand. John McGinn was desperate to go to Celtic. He was desperate to pull on the green and white. And we haggled over two hundred and fifty thousand or something like that. I mean, we've done the same last season for Ivan Tony. I mean, to be fair to him, Ivan Tony hasn't really done much this season, I guess. But you know, <laughs> just the thirty-two, I think it was this season. Thirty-three. Thirty-three. Oh, so, a Yeti could only dream of getting as many goals as that. I mean, he wouldn't get as many games as that. Never mind goals. A Yeti can only dream of getting his boots tied on the pitch. <laughs> That's the way his season went for Celtic, and the the way you said there, the transfer targets are concerning. And you you look at it, you miss out again. You get Malumbu, you miss out in Tony. Yeah, you get a Yeti. Um, I mean, fair enough. We've said in this podcast before. Maybe there's a player there. We just need to see him in a lot of games. But come to yourself, Ross. Is it a concern for yourself as well that the board are still still seemingly doing the same things that they've done for years gone by and not learned anything. Now, I don't want to put much on Dominic Mackay, right? He seems to be the guy at the minute who is kind of exempt from any criticism. But for me, I don't quite buy that, right? He's he's senior enough, and I don't care if he's shadowing Lowell. Basically, what Lowell's doing is shaping his, his term and tenure for next season. He needs to grow a pair of balls, and if he doesn't agree with it, at least say something to get his point across. At the moment, as Rand said, it looks like Lowell still has his fingers and all these pies, and he's not letting go of the reins quite yet. Aye, it does, aye. Um, it smacks of that. Uh, and to touch on the transfer uh, lists, if you like, I, I, I think that's really, really worrying if they're bringing in a manager and giving him a list of transfer targets. If I'm coming in as a manager and that gets handy to me, I'm just saying, well, that's not happening or, or I'm away. Because that, that personally, for me, I've always said that the manager, or if indeed we're bringing in a director of football, it should be between the two. Law should just step aside and shut his mouth, uh, basically, on that front. 
Uh, and as you've said, uh, your man Mackay, uh, I, I hear what you're saying, um, but we, we don't really know the what the conversations are between the two of them. Uh, if, it's, if it's true that uh, Law's still got to be at behind the scenes in co- some capacity, that's worrying as well. I think we need a clean break for him uh, and just let Mackay do his thing. Uh, but again, that's a guy that I think he's not fully in position yet and I think he, he needs to be given the time to start doing his work and implementing what it is he wants to do if and when Law does eventually leave the building. Yeah. What's your opinion on the Dominic Mackay thing at the moment, Ryan? Um, I, I do think he deserves some of the blame, I'll be honest, because I have heard that he has had, he did have talks with that aforementioned Bournemouth man that we're not going to talk about anymore. It's very difficult not to talk because his surname <laughs> sounds like something that I use every second word. Um, <laughs> but he, he has been involved. He's been on the door. He's been a board member since I think it was was it the nineteenth of was it the nineteenth of April he came in or something like that. Aye, yeah, something like yeah, something like that. So he's, he still is, he still is um, culpable for some of the some of the problems that have happened. I, I I don't understand why he's not given a a sort of speech to the fans or sort of an open address to the fans other than the fans forum like not all of us are on the fans forum and not all of us are part of a supporters group there's a lot more of us than there's a lot more of us on like the, the opposing side than that side and he's not openly came out and talked to any of us yet I mean I would have liked a, at least a wee message to say look I'm in the door here's my plans <laughs> I mean I've got to be honest I do expect in the next couple of weeks um, a roadmap to be published as to what our five year plan is going to be. I don't know I don't know if that is too much to ask for, but I, I really want to know what direction this club is going for. Are we looking to improve in Europe? Or are we just settling for winning the league in Scotland? Because at the end of the day we've done that. We've won the league in Scotland nine years out of ten. I know we didn't win it last year, but we need to be pushing forward because we're losing money, get put out the Champions League in the qualifiers and that's gonna catch up with us eventually because unfortunately the other on the other side of the city, we've got a team that's more equipped at winning <clears throat> European qualifiers and winning European ties than ourselves. And that's not a good look. No, it, it isn't a good look. It, it definitely isn't. And I love the way you said there, in, in the, the coming weeks, you expect a, a roadmap to be laid out. You could have literally said there, in the coming five years, expect a roadmap to be laid out. <laughs> because at this precise moment, the communication from the board, unless it's something bad or literally just shite in a PR point of view, is disastrous and all the fans are jumping on it and I get the people who say they're doomed if they don't and they're doomed if they do and again if they give us something with a bit of positivity instead of the shite narrative that they're spinning continuously then we get behind them as we always always do and I before we end I want you guys to try and give me a positive with Anzi and Tars I forgot his name again with with (laughs) Anzi and Tars I'll come to yourself, Ross. Can you give me a positive scenario looking forward next season with Posta? Say it again for me. Posta Coglu. With Posta Coglu in charge. Um, no. <laughs> no. Just okay. try. Um, try. Try. <laughs> um, I, I think if he is appointed, he has to be treated by the by the fans the same way as 
Master Eddie <laughs> would have with the same. Uh, he has to be treated with the same understanding and humility at the end of the, uh, as what they would have treated Eddie Howe. I'm just going to say it because I'm getting my words muddled up there. <laughs> uh, I think I don't know. Um, it's difficult because we don't know much about him. Aye, exactly. Aye, I mean. <laughs> Moving forward, there'll, st- there'll still be guys, there's going to be guys brought in and guys going to leave. Um, he's not appointed yet, but if he is, let's see what he does over the summer. See how the squad looks in terms of personnel uh, by the time we're ready to kick off again. Uh, let the guy start to implement his ideas and pretty much give him a chance to prove a big chunk and admittedly, probably myself included, to, to prove us all wrong, uh, I'd never be more happy to eat a big slice of humble pie if he did. Um, but I basically, to sum up, he, he really, if he, he does get the job, then we have to give him some time to like show us what he can do. He, he has to he has to be treated in the same way as a a sort of more household name would be treated and given the same amount of time to show us what he can do. That's all I can really say on it. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. What about yourself, Ren? Um, I think the one positive that I would take out of Postacoglu possibly coming in the door um, is the fact that he's not a Celtic man. I think that's been a big problem over the past couple of years that we've allowed too many Celtic men through the door. I know Brendan Rogers liked to say he was a Celtic man, but Brendan Rogers is a Brendan Rogers man at the end of the day. Um, I I just want a clean break from this sort of supposed Celtic man culture. I want someone who's not connected to the club coming in and implementing his own culture in the team. Um, and the fact that he's an unknown quantity might help against teams because we've become far too predictable in the way that we play. You look at Rangers. Rangers have had our, our number since December 2019, you could say. In that League Cup final, yes, we won that cup that day, but it took a goalkeeping masterclass for us to win that cup um, and Morelos to miss again against us. But obviously put that right this season. But um, yeah, we, we become far too predictable under Lennon especially, and a lot of teams were able to figure us out really, really quickly this season, or that season that's just passed. So maybe, maybe a different style of play and a different emphasis on different styles and tactics might help us. Due to the fact that he's an unknown quantity, but there's still risk involved in this appointment. I like, I'd love, I'd love for him to make it and, and make it work, and for us to get back on top. But ideally, it's a, it's a bit of a rebuilding job that will take a couple of years, I think, to fully materialise. I know that won't, that won't sound good to a lot of Celtic fans, but rebuilds don't happen overnight. They take a couple of years to fully get into full swing. Um, so we need to give it time, unfortunately. Well, I think one one of the things he did say that sometimes it takes teams six to twelve months to get used to how he plays, which again is time that Celtic don't have. But if we want the rebuild to happen, as you said, it it takes it it takes time. It doesn't take a week or two weeks or three months. You have to implement the style of play, his style of coaching, and the players he wants in. I like the way you spin it. They're saying. And he's not a Celtic man. And I've never really thought about that because I've just had the red mist all weekend just full of anger. But <laughs> Ian, that, that's a that's a good way to spin it. And I have watched clips of his teams play and 
YouTube can only show you so much. We all know that in terms of players and stuff. And by all accounts, his style looks pretty impressive. Impressive from the front, defender from the front, mainly like the way we used to do under Rodgers, especially in his first his first season. And hopefully, <clears throat> if he comes in, then that's the type of form set they can produce. And as Ross rightly alluded to, we need to get behind him. We need to show him support, show the guy respect. And I know I forgot his, how to pronounce his name, contingency for it to show but out of respect, I didn't want to attempt it in case it balls it up. But do you know what I mean? But we'll have to get behind him and see what he can produce. It's a Celtic board's fault that we're in this mess. We all know that. But at the end of the day, Celtic Football Club is our team, the supporters' team, and we just have to get behind him and show all the support we can. Now, that brings us brings us to the end of the show, Ross and Rand. But you aren't going away yet. What you are going to do is the quiz. Now, oh, yeah. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan said to me over Twitter that... It, he doesn't want it to be a stadium quiz. So what I've done for you, Ryan, is a stadium quiz. Is that okay? It's absolutely <laughs> fine. Do you know, I was trying to do that reverse psychology because I've been doing that <laughs> over the weekend. <laughs> so, I, as you know on the show, that it's five questions. It's first to three. Whoever shouts out the loudest, I'll give the points to. And the prize again is your pride and a seat in the boardroom at Celtic Park. So <laughs> if you're ready, we'll crack on. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. In order, tell me the three biggest stadiums in Scottish football. Celtic, Celtic Park, Park, Ibrox, Hamden. Hamden. I'll give you one more shot. Ryan, you go first, because I heard you first. Uh, Celtic, Ibrox, and then Hamden. No, Ross. Uh-huh. Uh, Celtic, Ibrox, is it any stadium or football stadium? It's a it's a stadium. I'm not. They uh, have to name it. Uh, right. Has it got to be in order? Yes. Um, right. So we'll go Celtic Park, Murrayfield, Ibrox. Ah, oh, you just both fluffed it. Celtic Park, Hamden, Ibrox. Right. That's what it is. Who oh. plays at Halliday's? Dundee United. Dundee United. Ross 1-0. Who plays at the Tony Macaroni Stadium? Livingston. Who knows, Ross? Who? <laughs> Who plays at Station Park? Aloha. Nope. Over to you, Ram. Yeah, Station Park, Station Park. Breakin? I don't know. Nope. Forfeit. We'll move on. Who plays at Lynx Park? East Sterling. Don't know. Nope. Over to you, Ram. Fizzo. Um, I don't know. Cove Rangers. No. <laughs> Who plays at Glebe Park? Windy the South. No. Do you know what it is? I'll give you an easy one because yous are absolutely useless. Who plays at Rugby Park? Come on, come on. 2 1. Rand's back in it. Who plays at Capital Park? Morton. I have to give out the round. That's two each. That's who I heard first. <laughs> <laughs> who plays at McDermott Park? St. Johnson. St. Johnson. Ross, you cleaned it. Play two, buddy. You won the quiz. Is this your first win? Hey, no, I've won two or three, I think. Oh, have you? I just thought it was your delay. No okay. way you always want to put your delay. But... Uh, hi, there's a delay there again. <laughs> <laughs> but fair enough. I thought there was I'm a delay in that last one. 
Thanks to Ross for coming back on and their special guest, Ram McGinley from the Celtic The Thunder. Have you enjoyed it? It's been great. It's been good fun. Um, good to get yeah. your good to get it all out because there's plenty in there to get out regarding Celtic. But thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. No worries. No doubt we'll have you back on in the future. And to the guys who are listening, we appreciate the support the user given us. It's really appreciated within the podcast channel. And until next time, stay well and keep safe. Heel, heel.